Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ron Pashery. I'm here once again with Aaron Lloyd and the lunatic fringe, Joe Rodermill. Put a little stank on it. <laughs> uh, the biggest news in the wrestling world right now, I guess we'll at least mention it right off the top, is the retirement of Daniel Bryan. Uh, I think everybody's a little bit sad. Much love. Yes, it's it's sad to see him go. Uh, he addressed the WWE Universe last night to close Raw. You mean to hold you wrong? <laughs> I, I, when we when we actually discuss it in okay. depth, I, I may need you to I may need to sit in your lap and, okay. I, I, and, and at least at the very least I may need a hug. Okay. I, will, I will shed a tear. I'm a hugger. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> That's good. There's nothing wrong with being a hugger. Um, so Raw last night, as I said, the big story was Daniel Bryan's retirement. His addressing of the WWE Universe. Uh, the show opened uh, once again with a Stephanie McMahon promo. This was uh, at least there was a reason they were signing the contract for the main event at Fastlane. Triple threat between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Dean Ambrose for a shot at the main event of WrestleMania against Triple H. Uh, we all know what typically happens at a contract signing. Um, yes, we got that last <laughs> night goes downhill quick. It does go downhill quick. I mean, Ambrose came out first. He interrupted Stephanie. He just wanted to get the whole thing the whole thing going. Uh, Reigns comes out. Brock, of course, comes out last with his advocate, who didn't get much time last night. No. no. It's very rare that Paul Heyman's in the background, but he was last night. They got straight into the point with this contract signing. Usually, you know, people, they'll draw, draw out signing their, signing their names and everything like that. This way, they sign their names, Steph was gone, and then it's... Yeah, she left it's before anything even happened. She's like, I'm out of here. Um, do you feel like, I think we, we mentioned a couple weeks ago that Brock coming out at the end of Raw, he was not as physical or as dominant as maybe we're used to seeing him or would have wanted to see him. I think last night we probably got that more so than we did when he came out previously. Yeah. You, you think we got, you think he was violent enough? Yeah, he was. Uh, he got his point across. I guess he did. Um... He threw a table at Roman Reigns. He, he, he launched a table at Roman Reigns. He F5'd Dean Ambrose. He threw him around like a ragdoll. Yes. Do you think Dean, Ambr- Dean Ambrose really knows now what the fuss is all about? No. No, he doesn't know <laughs> no, yet? Because he is still intent on finding out what the hype is about Brock. He came out right from the beginning. He went, he got straight to the point, interrupted Stephanie. I want Lesnar. I want him now. He, that, was the, that was the message throughout the whole night. He was sitting backstage, pounding his hands like, I want Lesnar. Tell Roman, I want Lesnar. No, not you. I want him. I don't need your help. I want I want Lesnar tonight. And he made it He made it clear in the, in the opening segment. And then, and then Roman came down. Straight to the point, contract signing. I had a problem with this because if the match is already official, what you need the contract signing for? <laughs> Honest, honestly, it's just an excuse to get yeah, everybody it, in the ring. Yeah, and and it's then, a reason to hype up the uh, match a little. That's yeah, and then essential. It was, bit. it was, it was, it went quick and easy. Stephanie's in and out the ring. She's like, she's like, she's like, you don't come out when I tell you to come out, and this and that. Quick, real quick segment. She's like, okay, contract sign. You're, you're done. My business is done here. Is you, guys do you guys can do, do My business is done here. Do you think Dean Ambrose will ever understand what all the fuss is about with Brock Lesnar? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> every time he gets thrown around, he gets right back up. Yeah, I, he always wants a little bit yeah. more. Well, I think they're coming after a swerve because after this match at Fastlane, you kind of got to think, well, Dean Ambrose still wants Lesnar, and they want, us to, they want us to forget about the Wyatt family attacking Lesnar at the Rumble, but they're, they're kind of convincing me that Dean Ambrose and Lesnar still might be a thing after Sunday. So you think that this is not a one-off 
Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt. But the way they yeah. ha- they way they, the way they've been um, booking Dean Ambrose it, and Brock Lesnar. The way they're building it up, it seems like they're eventually going to go down to a yeah because the trip yeah on match yeah Ambrose might get that one on one with Lesnar because they that's how they're making it seem. So we may have all been wrong about WrestleMania plans as far as the Wyatts and Brock Lesnar. Possibly, but but they think we forget things. They're doing a good job covering it up. With Ambrose and Lesnar, because they still gonna have the Wyatt family in the in the back pocket, because because they haven't mentioned except Brock mentioned it last week, but they also have Ambrose face him because Ambrose seems to be up, obsessed with taking out Lesnar. Right, which I mean I think is good. I think he's a good guy to kind of take on that role. Obsessed, but so far unsuccessful. Yeah, and the highly fa- highly unsuccessful. Yeah, so and the far. fans will be the fans will be right behind Ambrose, and that'll be a marquee match for Mania. I mean, you're right that, that that pretty much was that was like kind of the the main thread through the whole show uh, this past Monday was all night. Ambrose just I want Lesnar again. What did yeah. he hit? What did he hit me with? He an F five, an F ten, an F fifteen, an F one fifty. He better hit me with more. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. He he comes out. He calls Brock out later in the show. I mean, you're right. He I thought that was an important distinction of because they really do. They try to make Ambrose and Reigns like you know the brothers in arms thing. Yeah. I liked. Ambrose, kind of saying like I don't, I don't need you. Basically, they teased, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're giving him his um, in his own time. He's, he's standing up on his own, and he doesn't need, he doesn't need his big brother as they called right. the first him earlier. They they were teasing it on SmackDown a lot last week. Yeah, the whole you know friction between the two uh-huh. of them, um, and a lot of times when that happens, I think okay, you're just building it up for it not to happen. Yeah, but they do a good job of covering it up as let, as as Ambrose and Reigns letting it go. There is friction, but other than SmackDown. You don't really see any friction between these guys, and when they try to build up that SmackDown, they just let it go, like nothing happened. But yeah, he, even with the beatdowns, I like the way they're selling Ambrose. I mean, he got F five twice the second time around, and he's still getting up off the mat, you know, struggling much like me on a Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning after a hearty night of drinking. That's trying yeah. to get up. Like, Are you the other Flair? <laughs> Woo! He's, he's, he's very Flair esque. Oh. I can attest. Uh, hopefully, one day you'll find out how Flair like <laughs> he can really be. Um, yeah, Ambrose is another guy that can he gets his point across without saying anything. Just a look on his face tells you everything. And he's a great promo. Yeah. He doesn't get enough time on the microphone as well. Yeah, that's the one that's one thing I have a problem with. They never give him time on the mic. He's probably one of your top mic workers. You never give this guy enough time. The whole feud at Owens, those two had limited time on the mic, which took away from the feud. Most of their time on the mic was when they did commentary. Yeah. For each other's matches. Yeah, or they met Renee. It was never face to face. Right. And you give Roman Reigns all this time. This is one of my big issues. And he has no mic skills. (laughs) No. Well, three-hour show. It's so long. You, I understand that you're trying to get different aspects of your show into three hours, but sacrificing what guys are good at to put guys in that position who aren't good at it is just a huge mistake. I mean, Roman Reigns should be getting more time on, or should be getting less time on the mic. Yeah, Dean Ambrose could, should be getting more. And they could still build Roman Reigns up without the mic time, too. They can go something like Shawn Michaels and, um, what's his name? His bodyguard? Diesel? Uh, I the name. Diesel, yeah. They go <laughs> Diesel, Diesel and uh, HBK style, you know? It's his bodyguard. Yeah, it's he his... can get over without, he'd actually, he'd be more over if he didn't talk. Who? Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah, he oh, was. Yeah, I mean, that keeps him from that getting was just, over. That was his thing in the shield. He oh, didn't yeah. talk, but when he's talked, people listen. Right, because he just said exactly what he needed to yeah. say. And All he's got to do is physically punch people in the mouth, stop telling people that's what he's going to do. Yeah, because we know that's what you're going to say <laughs> whenever you talk. When Dean Ambrose talks, you never know what is the next thing he's going to say. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a really good job of, 
I mean, they didn't make Dean Ambrose look like an equal to Brock Lesnar because no. you kind of can't make anybody look like an equal. But they at least made it look like Brock is going to have a very difficult time putting Dean Ambrose away. Not yeah. just Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns too. Because yeah. it, when when Ambrose finally got the upper hand on Lesnar, Ro- it was because Roman of Roman's distraction. Right. That's another thing. We can't get away from that. I mean, we're seeing all this Dean Ambrose-Brock Lesnar interaction. Um, they're sort of building it that way. But you can't forget Reigns in the background because this could set up, you know, what if Reigns sneaks in and takes the title away from Ambrose? That could set up friction between these two guys. Which is what a lot of people want to ultimately yeah. see. Yeah, and I could also see... Remember the Undertaker? Well, how Shawn Michaels had such an obsession with beating the Undertaker, the second time at WrestleMania 26. Mm-hmm. That kind of seems like seems what they're trying to do with Ambrose and have him have this obsession with Brock Lesnar, and that could possibly lead to a match at WrestleMania. And that's a match I'd rather see than Brock Lesnar versus Bray Wyatt. I would rather see that as well. I mean, because obviously you already know what's going to happen yeah. if Bray Wyatt goes against Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar goes over. It's another. Feud that Bray Wyatt comes up short on. Yeah, even even if, even if Brock goes over against Dean Ambrose at Mania, it's still hey, I think Dean Ambrose may have a chance to win. Uh, I yeah, I I mean obviously with the two of those guys going up against Brock, the odds may not still probably aren't in their favor. I mean Brock is he's the Beast Incarnate. Yeah, yeah, but the fans would be right behind Ambrose that whole time. Because Dean Ambrose can easily be this generation Stone Cold Steve Austin. Exactly. And Ambrose is one of very few guys that the crowd will side with over Lesnar at yeah. this point. There are not many guys that the crowd is cheering for when they're in the ring with Brock Lesnar. I mean, the crowd opened pretty electric. They were there, obviously, chanting the yeses for Daniel Bryan mm-hmm. in his hometown of Seattle. Cheap plug there. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, uh, you know, they started cheering for Ambrose just as loud. Yeah. Even got, over Lesnar. Yeah, he got a great reaction. He's one of those guys, yeah, it's a good good comparison with him being the stone cold of this generation because he you don't know what he's going to do. He's unpredictable. He's tough. You kind of know, we talked about this before, how they, they've been building this up for a while, the idea of him being indestructible. Yeah. I mean, Roman, Seth Rollins couldn't keep him down in that ladder match. He beats Kevin Owens in the last man standing match. Is he the one guy that's going to be able to keep getting up from everything that Brock Lesnar Dishes out to him. I yeah. mean, the, the 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 F five isn't it supposed to hurt? Yeah, and, yeah, and and that's <laughs> and he's the an F one fifty. Yeah, and that's Which, the, I and think that's, it's a truck also. Yeah, it is. It I is mean, a truck. Yeah, and that's the story you could tell right there. But if you have those two in a match, one on one against each other, perfect story to tell. So do you do you think this story? I mean, we'll get to something else in in a second. But do you think after the way Ambrose was treated last night, are you leaning more towards? Who do you think is going to win the title? Or who do you think is going to win this matchup fast lane? Where it stands right now. Where it stands right now, it's hard to tell because they're putting all the focus on Ambrose and Lesnar. A swerve could happen. Possibly, maybe Ambrose can possibly win. Like I said, it's like 2000 all over again. <laughs> In 2000, the number one contender shit bounced around. The Rock won the Rumble. Big Show beat The Rock at No Way Out. And then what happened was... They had a triple threat match on Raw for that t- for the title for the title, and then they put then they brought McFoley in. They made the Fatal Four Way. Maybe Ambrose wins, and maybe Amb- maybe Reign says, "Hey, Dean, I want my I need my rematch. Maybe you can can you put your number one contendership on the line, and go from there. And Roman can go over, and then maybe that leads to Ambrose and Lesnar." Now, see, I think this is one detriment they have from the way they did the Rumble, because usually you have the Royal Rumble. He who you know who wins the Royal Rumble is going to be facing the for the title. And you have time to build that match, 
Now you don't really know which direction they're going, which could be in their detriment because they don't have time to build a good feud. Right. You don't get two months of looking forward to to this feud. Yeah. Get to you, its conclusion. You don't, you don't get enough time to build it. You're not going to have... So you have this match, which is big, coming up, you know, before, a month before. Then you only have one month to build that match. Yeah. Nobody knows who it's going to be. I think most people probably speculate that it'll be Roman. But last year's WrestleMania, everybody knew before the Royal Rumble that Roman Reigns was going to win the title at WrestleMania, and he didn't. Uh, I think it would be a smart move on their part to put Dean Ambrose over at Fastlane. One, you know that WrestleMania crowd will be on fire when he comes out to face Triple H. I guess the only thing is they don't... Individually, they don't have much of a history with each other. No, that's no, the they thing. do. You know, I mean, well, they're from the Shield. They they do. Triple H made Seth Rollins turn on turn on Ambrose and Reigns. He has. They have all the history. All the history is right there. Or even if somehow, some way, maybe you can get a triple threat: Triple H, Dean Ambrose, and Reigns. Yeah, that's that's a known history that most people might not pick up on right away. Yeah, I mean, I, most, most this is something you gotta you gotta push towards. So that match is the marquee match, no matter what. Yeah, and then but the thing is with Triple H, I don't see that would make that would even make sense for Triple H to even book. He's in charge. Him and Vince are in charge. That wouldn't make any sense to book to book me in a match with Reigns and Ambrose. That wouldn't make any sense for him. Right, to do you're that. putting yourself. You're in charge, and you're putting yeah, yourself. Yeah, you're putting yourself in a right tough situation. Again, that's a detriment to having Triple H hold the title because you want to see that title in the forefront right now because that's what everyone's ultimately fighting for. Wait, it's not on TV. Very rare. Right Triple H. Triple H. He should have been in that contract signing. If Stephanie wanted to be there, fine. Triple H should have been there with the belt, not coming out after on the stage when they're taking each other out. I understand why, but he that belt needs to be on TV as much as possible. And every backstage authority Very much segment, so. he needs to have that belt on his shoulder. Agreed. I, that's That was one of the things I was worried about when they put the, I didn't have a problem with him winning the belt at the Rumble. Some people did. But that was my worry, was that now it's not going to be featured as much. Yeah, you're not... I mean, right now the biggest story is about who's going to win a match not for the title at the next pay-per-view. I think you'll see him featured more when it's clear who's facing him at WrestleMania. Well, leading up to WrestleMania. Yeah, I have a feeling that coming out of this match, you're not going to have a clear vision of who's going to be facing him at WrestleMania. That's just my opinion. I think that's the way WWE is going to we're gonna have another muddled finish is the way I see it. Could I be wrong? Yeah, but... No, I, that's kind of be the best way to go, an awkward finish. That'll be the best way to go, so you don't have the predictability factor. Because last year, last year at Fastlane, Roman Reigns won. Everybody knows this shit. Roman Reigns is going to win a fast lane again. It's two two fast lanes in a row. Have some a predictability factor to make it interesting. It was pretty unpredictable that Eva Marie is the uh, on the in the ads for a fast <laughs> yeah. lane. She got heat for that. Yeah, and she should. I don't know why she's there. Uh, but okay, so Miss Piggy doing it. <laughs> That's who I'd rather see. Is yeah. Miss Piggy up there waving the flag. Well, I was talking about. Um, you're talking about Dana Brooke? Yeah, Dana Brooke. Okay. All right, we were on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking All about right. the actual Miss Piggy. No, 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 no. Miss no, no. reference. No, I, I got which, where you are going Good, good. I'll have to get up <laughs> off this chair and go take take fringe on you right now. Well, I know that the wet head is throwing me a little bit for a loop. But yeah, I wasn't yeah. expecting that tonight. Well, I didn't have a uh, bucket to dump my head in, so <laughs> just toss it. No. Yes, but so Ambrose is getting built up. So clearly none of us really has a sure idea of where Fastlane will finish. Uh... On Raw last uh, last night, we get yet another Kevin Owens Dolph Ziggler match, where Kevin Owens does not go over. Dolph Ziggler, I don't know the last time he won two Raw matches in a row. 
John he's Ziggler. A, well, the, <laughs> you were close. <laughs> you were real close there. Um, it almost slipped by me. <laughs> Owens and Ziggler obviously are always going to have a quality match when they're oh, in there together. Do you think they're overdoing this a little bit? Where it's, I, I, I like a feud, and I like a feud that has a good build, but do you think this match is being... We're seeing it on every show now. Yeah, yeah you're seeing quality matches, but I feel there's nothing. There's no stakes to it right now. You're, I mean, like you said, you're seeing um, Owens lose and then throwing hissy fits out in the ring, and you don't know exactly where they're going with this right now. That, and that's this is yet another problem I'm having with... I don't know if I'd call it booking or creative as far as this is concerned. Kevin Owens losing his mind over not having the Intercontinental title... That's a good story for Kevin Owens. Yeah. Like we said, he cares about that belt. It doesn't even matter which belt in. I think he just wants to have one of those titles. And that's all he cares about is being somebody with that title over his shoulder. Right now, he's having hissy fits over losing to a guy who hasn't mattered in how long. Yeah. But the thing is, I had a problem with this match because we already know this is this is this feud's gonna continue. There's no doubt. It's gonna, if you, they, may, they may have, they'll have a match or interaction next Monday Night Raw. I think we're seeing this at Fastlane. But in, in my opinion, if you're going to do this again at Fastlane, this match should end in disqualification. You shouldn't have had Am- Ziggler go over. Well, the thing with that, too, they had him go over, but they had him cheat to go over. I know they had, they had, so it they wasn't, had, I mean, they, he used the heel finish, the traditional heel finish to, to, put, to win the to win match. So yeah, the baby face clean. uses the heel finish. Yeah, to yeah, the yeah heel. I, I understand that the, the heel tactics he used, but still. He, if Owens did it, it would be different because Owens is a heel. But I think this match should end the disqualification. Maybe um, Owens hits him with um, the apron power bomb, put him through the, put the, put him through the announce table or something. But because you're right now, you're going to see this match again at Fastlane, and that's going to be what the fourth time in five weeks. Well, me personally, I've been. That's it assuming every time we don't see it again before Fastlane, yeah. <laughs> which, which I think we will. Yeah, I've enjoyed it every time I watched it though. It's very exciting match. I mean, th- you'll see some of the same things, but they switch it up enough. I think. Um, you, this week you had a famouser. He did right off the ropes, you know, outside the ring. Hit, I, hit, that, that was that kinda, was probably the best clutch. spot. And then you said last match. week will it, be, will it be a gimmick match? I took I took what you said in consideration about being a two out of three falls, but that wouldn't make any sense because he just beat Owens yeah. two times in two weeks. Yeah, back to back weeks. Yeah, he so did. he basically won two out of three falls already. Yeah, yeah without so, them even having a rematch. Yeah, so I don't know where you go from there. Yeah. I mean, this is obviously a feud Kevin Owens ends up on the better side of, right? I would. I hope so. I do too. I just need to know, like I mentioned earlier, where, where are they going with these hissy fits he's throwing out there outside of the ring? I mean, it, they're not even that long. He goes out and throws a couple things it's, and he it's leaves. Just, that's that's what I'm a Perplexing. little bit annoyed about. Is it's just something he does, and WWE does that too much, where a guy just does something just to do it. They had Seth Rollins win the U.S. title. Of yeah. the guy I won't mention right now. Who's that? Solely John Cena. Oh damn! <laughs> you can throw that in there. Yeah, I got you. Um, Bing. That's my change. He wins it for no other reason than to say he has both belts. He didn't defend it. He lost it. I mean, he he loses clean the next time they face each other for the belt. So he wins it off the guy, loses it right back, never defends it. There was no story for it. He, they just did it just to do it. Well, that's that, that's the booking loophole with that because if you're the world champion and you're defending your lower-level title, if somebody beats you, they basically should be the world champion too. Exactly. Yeah, you're saying, okay, Seth Rollins is your champion, but he's still better than you. He's still the best guy. It, it, it doesn't make sense, but I just don't like them doing things 
just to do something. I think we're seeing a lot of this because, you know, so many major stars are hurt right now. So many people go out and storylines are, are just up in the air. We're not seeing a lot of building. Like I mean, we're almost through the first week of February, and usually we start seeing a build towards WrestleMania, which is only a couple months away now. There's plenty right. of major stars for them to build stuff around. They just don't. Well, do I know, but I think they had storylines planned out, and now you've seen these guys go down, and they have to reshuffle I guess you do, you do have to give them a little bit of a pass for that, where so many guys have gotten hurt that have thrown so many monkey wrenches into their plans. I mean, do I trust that they had a great plan for WrestleMania? <laughs> Not necessarily. Well, I mean... But whatever they did have planned, they've had to change. Maybe not necessarily, but I can't remember in years past where it was this... I haven't seen any building towards WrestleMania at all, really, as far as storylines are concerned. At this point in the year. Yeah. It usually has started. It's getting late in the game. But if you want to build new stars, you do that by having a guy go out there and consistently win, not have two guys just... Yeah, change the, off winning each yeah, week. Yeah, even Stevens booking. Yeah, it, it 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 keeps everybody in the same place. It doesn't allow anybody to move up. Kevin Owens, I thought he was done when he didn't win his first feud. I thought, oh, there you go. He goes right in, he loses a feud, and now he's pushed to the bottom. Luckily, he gets his Intercontinental title run. He had a good feud with Ambrose. And I, this feud with Ziggler could be good. But I don't think that I don't know that they're handling it the best right, way right. they can. No. I they're don't. not because if you look back in the Attitude Era, even in the mid two thousands, the Ruthless Aggression Era, these guys they would have feuds, but they wouldn't touch each other. Right? You might have you have interaction and promos, um, commentary, or there'll be in tag matches, but you won't you wouldn't see the one on one match over and over again. They make you wait for it. Yeah, they make you wait for it when you have to pay to watch. Yeah, they make you wait for the payoff. Make at the pay do a, little, do a little lap dance, to get you get excited, <laughs> yeah. get into the game, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Owens and Ziggler, okay, so this is a feud we're going to see for a little while. This is not the last time we've seen them face off. I just hope it doesn't continue every week on Raw or SmackDown. They have a match because it's going to be stale by the time the actual pay-per-view match gets here. Yeah, and by the time Fastlane comes, you need a, you need a, a gimmick match now. I'd like right. to see maybe instead of matches against the other, maybe some run-ins and some interference. Yeah, you, some, you some keep... Some beat-downs. Well, exactly. so on SmackDown that happened somewhat. Yeah, Ziggler. Ziggler cost him actually because Kalisto. Right. When that was in a, see, that was a time when he he was right. He had, was in the right position. Yeah. To have a hissy fit. Yeah. I just lost a match. I had no right losing that one. You know, he lost the match on his own. Um, what are they going to do with Ziggler? I mean, they push him and they drop him down and they push him. Where's he at? He's, well, that's why I don't he's know a why wrestler in limbo. Exactly, and that's why I don't know why you're having Ziggler in this spot with Owen, unless you're planning something big for Ziggler at some point. Possibly. But you should not be doing it at the price of moving Kevin Owens down. Well, I, I think that's why they had the heel finish last week. So with, you think it's it's to keep, it's to protect Owens a little bit? It's to protect bit. Owens yeah. a little We're bit. We're going to have to lose, but we can bit. protect him. All right, that makes sense. Because you don't see a lot of faces pull that kind of stuff. You're right. You don't see it often at all. Um, maybe the second biggest story in WWE currently is the whole Y2J, AJ Styles, Miz storyline. We're getting a taste of it on every show. We're seeing a lot of AJ Styles, a lot of Jericho. I think they've done a nice job of another thing we talked about, the probably the first show, that Jericho was a guy who he was living off his name and nothing else. You know if he was in a big match, he wasn't going to win. They've done a, the announced team, I think. This is probably the best job they've done being part of the storytelling. 
is the AJ Styles Jericho thing. They're making Jericho mm-hmm. relevant. You know, they're bringing up his amount of title reigns. Yeah, they're ta- actually talking about what AJ Styles did outside of WWE. Yeah, they're which, doing comparisons of, like you said, in the careers of these two guys, the parallels almost. Right. I I think AJ. St- I have a lot of problems with WWE booking and WWE storytelling. I think the way they've handled AJ's entrance into the company is probably the best storytelling they've done in a couple months. Yeah. I think, if you remember Y2J's premiere, mm-hmm. it was a it? huge, is arguably the biggest debut of all time. And then it fell flat almost immediately. He had that little feud with the Road Dog in the yeah. hardcore division. Mm-hmm. He, he immediately meant nothing. I worried about AJ Styles. He comes out in the Rumble, gets his huge pop, has a nice performance in the Rumble, has a good match against Jericho. I was worried that, especially because of his size. Mm-hmm. But everything they're doing concerning him is putting him over, and ma- they're making him look like he's a legitimate star. And what do they say about Vince? He doesn't push anybody who he didn't create. Yeah. Do you think this is a case of so many guys are hurt, we need this guy to be a star? Or do you think they just realized, some people have theorized that with Daniel Bryan being in- being injured, he's now the new like small indie darling for everybody? Well, I think there's some, some of that is true, but I also heard, um, I read somewhere that... Uh, Vince sat down with AJ before, you know, AJ made his transition to WWE, and he told Vince told him the character he was looking at AJ to play. The Jericho podcast, and AJ was saying, "This is actually, you know, exactly who I am." So I, I think, you know, Vince feels like he created it, but this is also AJ as he is. So, so they they just lucked in <laughs> the perfect storm yeah. that D- damn straight yeah. that Vince thinks he created this, and AJ's <laughs> like, "Oh, this is what I am anyway." Yeah, and th- but this is by far the Miz's best work. Since he was the U.S. champion for yeah. was it four or five years ago, I think this is going to be a triple threat match at Fastlane. I don't know, but that SmackDown match, I think you may get a Miz running. But they're telling the amazing story. They're putting AJ over through this whole thing. Miz is telling Jericho, "It's aching that you that you didn't beat AJ Styles. It is killing you yeah. inside." So, and then he admits that it is. Yeah, it is killing him. It is killing him. And so tell- wins and losses do count sometimes. Yes. Okay. On TV. <laughs> in their in their minds, no. But this is the perfect way to put AJ Styles over. They constantly tell him he's the indie darling. He is the, their new Daniel Bryan. They want the fans to love him like they love Daniel Bryan. It's just the fact that don't make him too much like Daniel Bryan. You 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 talked about all his accolades in the past, and he's out here to prove it. And he has. Yes. He and knocked, knocked Miss Tooth out. He did. Yeah, broke his veneer, knocked it out. They did a good job of showing that last yeah. night in the spot <laughs> shadow. Did a little tooth fall. You don't get a, bit, it's a spot shadow <laughs> in 2016 too often, but I was happy to see it. It's a, it's a very underutilized video technique. Vintage. These days, yes. It's a good word. Um, I think AJ, we, we discussed that he has not gotten to talk really. I think after a few weeks of viewing it, I look at it as... It's a rare occasion they know AJ Styles is a favorite of the hardcore wrestling fan who appreciates the wrestling match. They're letting him show you how great he is based on what he does yeah. instead of what he says, which they fall into that trap a lot. Yeah, I, I think we'll get there. Like I said, the first week I had an issue with the way they did it because they didn't give him any mic, mic time. Even, like I said, just to drop. This week I didn't mind that much at all because the way they had it, like I said, like he was saying, with two superior mic workers going at each other, you almost didn't mind. And they're putting him over for him. Yes. Yeah. They're arguing about AJ Styles. How good he is. Yes. Jericho comes down. He's saying how good this guy is. 
how great it was when he was in the ring with him, how he was better than I thought he was. I waited for years to step in a ring with this guy. Mm -hmm. You can't really put a guy over much better than saying, I was waiting for years for him to get here. It almost feels like, you know, they're revealing AJ, but they're carefully revealing certain aspects. You know, they're not doing a big reveal of everything all at once. Yeah, they're building a good story for him where at the end of this feud, he's going to be in a really good position there. Then it's up to them whether they're going to continue with it or mess it up like they did with almost everything else. (laughs) Um, But I'm glad that this is one of the, the three biggest stories. Maybe the second biggest story that WWE has currently. Yeah, but the one thing is they're trying to make everybody love this guy. Like with Daniel Bryan, you can't do anything to Daniel Bryan. He's bulletproof. Everybody loves Daniel Bryan. They try and get everybody to love AJ Styles, and everybody will love AJ Styles. That doesn't know about. Him. Right. Uh, they've done a, a they, the people who know him are immediately on board, and the way they're handling it is allowing people who didn't know who he was to realize how important he was and how great he was. Judging by that Rumble Pop, I, mean, I don't know how many people don't know about AJ. Yeah, honestly. Well, that was another thing. I was concerned that was Orlando. That's a lot of NXT fans. A, a lot, lot of a lot of marks. Yeah. yeah. Who know who he is? I was worried. Okay, when they go to some smaller city, or some non-hardcore wrestling city, will he get the same reaction? And he has. He's gotten. They've been. There've been AJ Styles chants mm-hmm. every week. He's been on TV. Yeah. And I think that. Yeah, they did. They're not giving him too much too soon. They're let it. They're allowing it to build. And the, the fact that right out of the gate, okay, we know he's good, but is he great? That's what they're getting to, is showing you this guy is great. Yeah, and they're building that up slowly. They don't let anybody be great. They let everybody be pretty good. Yeah, B-plus player. Exactly. And that's what happens to most guys. So I think AJ is in a great spot. I think they've they've handled it better than they've handled most things, which I'm really encouraged by, especially because Triple H is kind of putting like a, a priority on getting these kind of guys in the company now. And a lot of that might be because of how... They might have realized what they lost with Daniel Bryan not here yeah. for so long. And I, I, I give him some credit for, for AJ Styles being handled the way he is. He's getting a lot better treatment than, yeah, than Daniel golf Bryan clap. did when he was golf there. Golf clap for Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to give a golf? You would give a full applause to Triple H. <laughs> I love Triple H. <laughs> I love Triple H as well. I'm just giving a golf clap for the way he's handling this. Yes, I, I agree. Um, another story point that I know... I know you and I are big on. I know you probably the, the divas. You're missing total divas again tonight. I know. Oh, man. Are you caught up yet? A- and the flash. No. And the flash. No. No. Okay. So one day we may have to have it. I'm off tomorrow. Divas. We may. Do, we, maybe we should do a live podcast of us marathoning total divas. <laughs> divas. That'd be excellent. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Diva fan. That'd be awesome. We got two divas matches last night: Charlotte and Alicia Fox, and we got. What's probably the more meaningful match, even though it has nothing to do with the title, was Becky against Tamina, which is kind of pushing forward the story of Becky and Sasha reluctantly teaming up against Team Bad. I actually thought the Charlotte-Alicia Fox match was decent. Oh, yeah. I did, yeah. too. I was actually surprised by Fox. I haven't seen her, you know, wrestle as well as she did in a long time. Yeah, but the problem with Fox was Fox, she's a little, um, how can I put this... Are you going to use a word that begins with R? <laughs> She's a little rough. I'll put it yeah. down. I'll put it down. That wasn't the R word I was thinking of, but it, it makes sense. She ain't rough on the eyes, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, she, she's real athletic. She's just, she's just a little a little rough sometimes. I know, yeah. I know a lot of times. A, a little green? Of, yeah, a lot, a lot of her moves, especially her scissor kicks, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not clean. No. no. It's something like that. But this was actually a pretty good match. I, I found myself yeah. enjoying it. Now, at Fastlane, we, we finally know that we're getting Charlotte versus Brick. 
Brie Bella, she's not one of the top com- top competitors on the Divas roster, but it's only to it's only to have only for something to have Charlotte to do until WrestleMania. And season. to put a Bella in a prominent, they're they're down one Bella, so yeah, they figure we Bella. have to have one in a prominent position. Yeah. Do Do you think? And I may be correct. Do you think there's any chance that they put a title on Brie Bella? No, no. Because okay, then well I'm, now she so, has double sympathy. Well, yeah, that, I that's know. what I. <laughs> I, I just was thinking and... they the Daniel Bryan thing, the Nikki Bella thing, and my first thought is, are they going to just give her a title just because sympathy boat? Exactly. You you think no chance? No, no, no chance. chance in hell. Okay. No chance <laughs> in hell. <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> So okay, well that that makes me feel a little better. If you guys are both that adamant, but it, that was a good. It was a rare time when Alicia Fox gets to look like she belongs in there with somebody. Yeah. Typically, she's just in there just to get pinned or yeah. submitted, and that's yeah. it. She, I mean, she tapped last night, but mm-hmm. she actually had a good performance, and she looked like she was she mattered yeah. last night. Um, Becky Sasha on commentary uh, for Becky and Tamina's match. Wrong. You turn it red. <laughs> Already, yeah. I, f- I forgot my inhaler yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, it's red. <laughs> I forgot my inhaler once again, so I don't know how much we'll, time we'll put into Sasha Banks tonight. Um, commentary, maybe not her strong suit. Uh, a lo- I noticed a lot of of dead air when she was out there. Maybe they were waiting for her to say something, and she just wasn't. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe she's just one of these people that loves wrestling so much She was into that it. she's watching the match as well, opposed to... The commentator's to... got to throw her a bone there. They see she's flopping a little bit. you got to start, you know, in, uh, initiating her in a way, you know, throwing her throwing her some uh, alley-oops, if you will. Right, which which they don't do. Uh, they rarely do. I, I think the only the only commentary moment that's that stood out for me last night as enjoyable was when... Ambrose was calling out Lesnar and just ramping it up and up and up. <laughs> and I, I love when every once in a while you get like an overly serious JBL <laughs> and he just says, nobody talks to Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I laughed and I don't like JBL. I can't stand him. I can't stand Cole. And I, I can't stand Byron Saxton either, but that, oh, nobody talks. That, I love that <laughs> serious... Like, oh my god. It grabbed you in and pulled you Yes, exactly. I mean, it's very rare when JBL makes me laugh. The other time JBL made me laugh recently was during Bo's freestyle. When he said, Bo, pitching a shutout. <laughs> that cracked me up, too. Um, Bo won that. He do. He, he smoked down. Flo Rida. I don't even know who Flo Rida is anymore. <laughs> I'm, and I'm glad that they're keeping Bo Rida going yeah. for all this time. Uh, but anyway, back to, to the, the Becky Lynch-Tamina match. Tamina does not get to wrestle very often on Raw or any show. She gets a win. Obviously, it was a, a jaded win because, you know, Becky was distracted. Mm-hmm. Naomi smoked Sasha last night outside the ring. Becky hit a suplex on Naomi outside the ring, which I thought was a great spot Oh yeah, for in the middle of a women's match. You don't see those very no. often. And then she walks into a super kick. How long do you think this Sasha-Becky... Team up will last after fast lane. So well, till fast lane. So you think they get their fast lane tag team match, and you think it it abruptly ends after that? Oh yeah, because no doubt it ends, and then they'll set up a storyline because you're gonna see Charlotte come out champion again. Yeah, uh, I no way Brie wins. Yeah, this match to this, reiterate this match is just because. But first of all, they booked this backwards. They clearly did because clearly they should have had um, Sasha break up from Team Bad before the Royal Rumble or after the Royal Rumble. 
They shouldn't have her come out at the Royal Rumble to, to take out Charlotte. They should have had her break up from Team Bad first, and then you can get this match with Team Bad now. And then after Charlotte beats Brie, you could have had Sasha come out and then Becky come out. But now we get this tag team match, um, Team Bay against um, Naomi and Tamina. Three-fourths of this match is going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> you already know some Sasha and Becky will win this match, and that it's going to set up the triple threat match, and I think after the match, their alliance breaks, and they, they, try, they possibly try to take each other out. Do you think that, and this may be the last, last thing we touch on with the Divas right now, one... We're actually getting two divas stories. Yeah, which, which is, is rare, weird. but you you do need to do yeah, that. You it need can't that. just be a yeah. Title you can't story. have all these women or all this talent go after one belt. You can't do that. Yeah, it's, it's wasting their talents. Exactly. You you need the one story at the top where somebody's going for the title, somebody's defending the title, and then you need a story where you show that these other women who are involved are actually part of yeah. this division. I mean, not to beat a dead horse, although I would beat a dead horse <laughs> if it was. I, I know you would. I think I think this is just rushed, muddled storyline again because I, I feel like Nikki Bella was supposed to be in that spot. So you she just was think supposed it was to be another injury that, that I think caused them to, to, to rebook everything on the floor. Yeah, yeah, and I I think in the way they're trying to handle Sasha with with kid gloves and you know not not rush her into the situation. Although they they do want to build her to the um to the title. Why do you think it was Nikki? Because, I mean, Nikki was the former champion. They haven't really had the rematch for that title. They had the rematch. And well, I think they were they were, they were going to throw another another match out there. Well, my thing is, I think possibly when Charlotte beats Brie, I think she may, Charlotte may take Fox out too. Because, like I said, I think they're not leaving Paige off WrestleMania. Paige got screwed at TLC in mm-hmm. that match with Charlotte. So she may come out after that match with Brie and insert herself into this feud. Which would be nice, because I haven't seen Paige on, on Yeah, Raw she had those two Total Divas no. plug matches, and you didn't yeah. see her since. Yeah, she just does the, the Total Divas ad, Yeah, which is all she does in the ring right now. Yeah. I the, the one problem I have with the way this is booked is I felt like you needed to actually have... I thought it, there should have been a Sasha-Naomi story, not just, okay, Becky is going to help you with these other two girls. Yeah, I thought they could have done a feud with Naomi and Sasha, which I think would have they would have been good matches, mm-hmm. and it would have allowed Naomi to have a purpose on yeah, the show and, and to stand out on her own. Yes, there's no need to saddle her with Tamina. I agree. I think they just did that to uh, you know sort of swing Sasha Banks to the face. Yeah, and it, has, and it has Becky because she had to break up Becky from to... Bad, and then there's two of them, one of her, so they need. Yeah, it something has something to... for Becky to do. Well, I guess that that's another good point, is that it gives two of your top stars yeah. a story to be involved in. Uh, so, the last thing that I'll ask about the Divas. How many women are going to be in this Divas title match at WrestleMania? Three. You think three? I still think a fatal forward. I think Paige gets in, gets in there somehow, because she still has history with Charlotte, because she did get screwed at TLC as well. I'm still pulling for a straight-up Sasha-Charlotte. WrestleMania match. One quick question. Mm-hmm. Now, if we do do a total diva show, are you guys afraid of what I'm going to be wearing at that? At that? I I was hoping this wouldn't come up. I'm terrified. Okay. And a little intrigued. I was thinking something lacy. <laughs> that could be a good look. Yeah. <laughs> now I really don't want to talk I'll, about I'll the bar- divas anymore. I was gonna, I'll borrow from Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to talk about the divas anymore. Now um, we got the the Wyatts beating up Ryback. 
Any thoughts? My my main takeaway from this match was Ryback's big guy tights. Ryberg. His, <laughs> his speedo. Well, everybody said he looks like Goldberg. Those tights last night reminded me a lot of like an 80s, like a Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff <laughs> or something like that with the tights. That That's what I thought of. The, uh, the tights and the weightlifting belt? Yeah, the weightlifting belt. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You need a weightlifting belt for I don't know what he because he lifts so many so many weights. I don't know. What do you think of uh, the Wyatts and Ryback? Keep Bray strong. That's all I can say. Keep him strong. I mean, that's so in today's climate, you don't get the enhancement match anymore. There's no real there's no real jobbers. There's no Brooklyn brawler out there that you know is going to get beat in four minutes every week. That's what Dolph's for. Exactly. I mean, you, you make legitimate guys into jobbers. They lose all the time. Bring Zack Ryder up. But, yeah, you don't have the you have the enhancement matches in NXT. You don't have them on WWE anymore. So you, you do. You have to find a guy that can, that can lose to a guy like Bray Wyatt. You can't have him beating up all your top baby faces every week. And that's uh, the thing about this, too, and we were talking about it before we, we were airing, we have the Wyatts beating up all these big guys. Where Where is this going? I mean, are we going to see all these guys shoved into one match, which would probably be a pretty bad match? It would be a bad Got match. A friend, I was on the phone with a friend during okay. this segment, and he said to me, the Big Show and Kane are coming out. I do not <laughs> want to see that. We've seen enough of that. I know. I, I mean, potentially right now, I mean, taking Bray out of this, you're, you're looking at the rest of the Wyatt family versus uh, Big Show and Kane. And, and Ryback. And Ryback. I mean, like that. That, only one sixth of that match would be good. <laughs> <laughs> so now our percentage is just plummeting. Yes. And that one sixth is Ryback Speedo. <laughs> Luke Harper will be the star of that. Do you match. think them just decimating big guys is just something for them to do yeah. while they're preparing for this? Or do you think there's a theme to this that's going to pay off? Yeah, it keeps them strong because even though we're not fans of Ryback, Ryback still has credibility. He's a former Intercontinental Champion. They beat the Big Show last week. He's a former World. Ch- he's a former World Champion, Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champ Tag Champion. They beat. K- they took out Kane. They're taking out all these big guys, so it keeps them strong. Like, looks like they can take out the bigger guys, and that's another Easter egg for that whole Lesnar thing. So this is just. WWE keeping them in a safe place. Yeah. Until they're in the story. They're yeah, and it, it, yeah, and they're still built. They keep continuing to build them up, and that's what you, that's the problem. They never have, they never have time and put effort into building up the Wyatt family. They just lose basically. Yeah. They they get into a feud and they lose. No, they'll yeah. they'll win, then they'll be forgotten. But when they lose, they'll just keep losing. That's what they tend to do with the Wyatt family. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. They put them in a feud. Ultimately, the feud ends. They've lost, and it just keeps going in that cycle over and over again. Yeah. I like to see Bray. Get some clean singles wins. Well, that that was one of the things I liked last night. I liked the maybe one of the first times we've seen the the sister Abigail's kiss out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's shocking. That was that was a good nice spot. And it shows you one that he can win a match in an unpredictable way, and it shows you that that finisher is a devastating move. It can be out of nowhere too. Right. It, it happened out of nowhere and it ended the match. No question about it. So that 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 part of the match I actually liked. Uh, we had. I just have to give a little plug to the social outcasts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you don't like them as much as I do. No, I enjoy them. Nice shirts. They do have <laughs> nice shirts. Uh, Adam Rose now the radical mongoose. <laughs> Terrible. D- does this nickname stick? No. Do you, see, a lot of people like tater tots, and I hated it. I'm wondering if now I'm the guy I was complaining about who likes radical mongoose when everybody else hates it. <laughs> I like the radical mongoose. No. You're not in on the radical, no. not yet. It's all about Bo Rider. 
Bo Rada, I'll, I'll give you that. Radical man, mongoose. I mean, this is this is this is very entertaining stuff. What about Bo Rada? The radical mongoose. Heefy baby. <laughs> that was a terrible. I'm never doing Adam Rose impression again. <laughs> leave, it <to> Adam. <laughs> leave it. Leave it. Leave Leave baby to Adam Cole. <laughs> Show, the show didn't close on uh, The New Day and Mark Henry. We got towards the end of the show with New Day and Mark Henry. Unbelievable backstage <laughs> promo where so Mark Henry got to wear the unicorn horn. He said his one condition on being their partner for this eight-man tag was that he got to play the trombone, which Xavier was not a big fan of. No, no, because he had to play it after Mark Henry. He took Francesca right... Francesca too, right back. <laughs> but they said you can't just play the trombone; you got to dance. And Biggie showed him his Biggie dance, and Mark Henry said, "Back in that oh, I, I, I've been doing this for twenty years. I, I was doing this twenty years ago." I think Mark Henry should be doing more with the New Day. Yes. Even even in the match, I mean, he left them midway through the match, left them handicapped. But them telling him to do the splash and him saying. Don't tell me what to do. I do what I want. <laughs> and then storming off, I thought was hysterical. That was very Cam Newton of him. <laughs> it was very, yeah, very topical. Coming off a Cam Newton Super Bowl loss, which actually, a little bit off topic, I actually kind of respect what Cam Newton did and the way he explained it today. He said, you show me a, he said, I'm a sore loser. Everybody knows it. You show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And he also said, maybe I didn't meet your expectations, of, but basically I have my own expectations for myself. I like that too. He's an individual. Not everybody needs to act the exact same way in every situation. Yeah, the media just takes it out of context like all the way. Right. I, I was cool with him not being happy. Yeah, you lost, they, a, you lost, lost a Super Bowl. What are you supposed to do? Cool with him not being happy, but walking out in such a way is not professional. It's It's not, but I don't... There's a fine line because a lot of guys get criticized for being, oh, he's professional all the time. They just say the right things, and people don't like those guys. I think you just go Marshawn Lynch style and, you know. <laughs> just don't say yeah, anything at yeah. all. <laughs> Done. Yeah, I, I liked, uh, and Peyton Manning, it, this did not get a lot of publicity, but when he lost in 2009 to the Saints, he didn't even go shake Drew Brees' hand. Because he's Peyton Manning. Well, he gets away with it. Yeah, because he's Peyton Manning. Yeah, I'm, fi I'm fine with, I'm a sore loser. I'm a jerk when I lose. I'm not going to be nice to you after I lose. I don't know if I've lost to either of you guys in anything yet, but I won't be nice. You're going to be my Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and I won't be nice to you when I have to be your Dolph Ziggler. I might put my feet up on the road. I'll be turning you purple, bro. <laughs> uh, I don't want anybody to see my face purple. Um, ultimately, the New Day is left in a handicapped position. Big E, shockingly not Xavier, gets put through the table. <laughs> And the Dudleys immediately turn on the Usos. Finally. Yeah. But if you listen to the crowd, it didn't sound like a heel turn to me. No, they, they got the cheers. They don't like <laughs> the crowd. They hate the Usos. Well, I don't think it was as much as the hate in the Usos as it was. Well, they that, love the tables. Yeah, they love the tables. Anyone, put their anyone through a table and yeah. they'll be cheering for the Dudleys. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just so excited that the Dudleys finally turn heel. They're way more interested as heels, even back in the Attitude Era and in the 90s. They were way more interested. And it also gives you new matches. As much as people may not like the Usos, they're they're good in the ring. They are good in and the ring. Dullies and the Dullies and Dullies versus Usos is a, is a great will be a great feud and match. The Dullies can teach the Usos so much. They can even the Dullies heel promos are excellent. They'll even carry them in promos. And where you go with the tag title, where you go with the tag titles now, 
the Dudleys got, got involved with the New Day and the Usos. They put them through the table. We go to tag titles. Yeah. I don't know if you watched any TNA when it was still relevant. But, <laughs> I uh, did. Oh, no, I was a big TNA guy. Bubba right? Ray. Yeah. Bubba Ray is an excellent heel. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. He's a great heel. Now, do, do Horrible storylines, but a great heel. Yeah. <laughs> Are they going to get one last run with the, the WWE tag team titles? I said they would whenever they turned heel. So you think it's about that? Yeah. If if they were going, you think to it d- happens at WrestleMania or no? No, no. Because if I I think if they would want to put the put the titles on them, I think you should do it now. So you think it may happen soon? Maybe at Fastlane. So who do we see Fastlane fighting for the tag team titles? I don't know. I. I saw a headline that said a tag team match was announced. I don't know. What I haven't. Match I haven't seen that. Maybe you get. Another, I don't think you'll see another triple threat. Well, your opinion. What do you think? Who do you think? You think you're going to see the Dudleys? You can see the Dudleys versus the New Day, but the thing with that is, it's, it's heel and heel. But the New Day will be accepted as faces. I think. Yeah. It, but even if the Dudleys put the Usos through the table, but can you see that as a heel? Can you kind of accept that as a heel turn? Well, I mean, it wasn't viewed as a heel turn yeah. through the eyes of the fans. Yeah, that, 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 that's the thing. You can go either way with this. But with that, with the momentum, I think it might be the Dudleys. You're going to see some promos that'll get, get some heel heat, too. Oh, absolutely. So are you are you telling me that one of my worst nightmares is going to come true and the New Day will no longer have gold real soon? <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be no more golden unicorns. Oh, no. If, if, if you want to take advantage of the Dudleys now, you should do it. And the new, if this is considered a heel turn, and the, take advantage of it. New Day's now. at a point where they don't really need titles to get over. I just love them having them, though. They yeah. make those titles mean something, though. They made them mean something, and I, they use those titles to put down everybody yes. else. So now's a great time to start building up that tag team division, get some real quality tag teams out there. And You're right. I just I don't want to see them lose those titles. I I thought I was going to need to wait till the Daniel Bryan segment to be held, but <laughs> it, I think it, I might need to be held now. I'm not. Come here. <laughs> Come here. It's okay. Thank you. That made that meant a lot. Um, it felt good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it did. I smell like Kit Kat. So, 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 so Joe, the the lunatic fringe Joe Rodermill is a hugger as well. We got we we're all huggers on this panel. Uh, the show obviously closed with an emotional farewell to the in ring career of Daniel Bryan. The announced team tried to put it over as shocking, which kind of annoyed me. Because was anybody? He's been out for how long? There's been stories for how long about how they won't clear him. Yeah, but I always felt like, no matter what stories I heard, I'm gonna see Daniel Bryan running out one more time. And I thought I thought we'd see him at the Rumble, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm surprised that, well, not surprised because I always thought this, but there was a chance. Bret Hart said, I think six months ago, he said, I don't think Daniel Bryan will ever wrestle again. He thinks he is. But he won't. He said, I was in this position once. I thought I'd get back out there. And I never did. But what what I'll say about the segment itself, they really, I feel like they really put the fans over last night. Yeah. More than usual. I mean, the, all those shots. Because it's his hometown, it was, too. Well, right. his home state. It was an abnormally high amount of just shots of fans celebrating, doing the S chant, doing the... Uh, what other chance did they do? That, that That's what she said, Chan. A couple heavy criers in that crowd, too. Heavy I, criers. I, I saw one woman who was just bawling like, like her favorite pet just passed away. Yeah, I mean, I think Daniel Bryan represented the, the WWE universe. I hate that phrase. But he represented us and yeah. all those people more than any other wrestler, maybe ever. Yeah, because he was, he was just another guy. Right. He, he didn't have the perfect body. He was undersized. He was just he an, like an, an average guy. Yeah. 
He was an average guy. Yeah, and I, I loved the storyline when they occupied Raw. I mean, that was all the all the fans, you know, in the ring stopping them. Yeah, un- unbelievable story. story. Yeah. That so I think that that was a they hit a really good note with that of they really made it a point to get the fans on TV and put the fans over. Like we get it, you guys kind of make us what we are, and this guy represented you, so we're going to kind of give you guys a time to shine too. And I'm, I'm glad Daniel Bryan explained his new clean look because you know I was curious when he first came out well, what's going on. There? Yeah, for a great cause. I don't. Yeah. I unfortunately can't remember what the charity was called. Do you remember? Uh, Wigs for kids. Yeah, Wigs for kids. Basically, yeah, they, they donated, donated that, that hair for the kids, and then he said he looked pretty stupid with the full beard and cut hair. Short hair. I thought he looked good last night in the, the nice flannel. The, he is uh, not a goat face. He is handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not He's not as ugly as they, they made him out to be. Um, I thought, one, seeing him stand there with his eyes closed, just to probably the last time we'll hear that in that ring in that way, I, I appreciated that he really savored that moment. Oh, he, he ate it all up. He, I mean, he gave the whole, he closed his eyes and he said, you know, I never really got to hear that from a crowd because usually you're, you're, you're focused in on your opponent. He closed his eyes and just felt it, which is kind of an amazing picture to paint. Yeah. Uh, I We want to wrap up Raw shortly. I guess we could all maybe just say something about Daniel Bryan. For me, as a kid who wasn't five feet tall till I was 16 years old, I was small my whole life. I, would, I started high school, I was four foot ten and 88 pounds. Tiny guy, kind of made me scrappy. Uh, I wish I had somebody like Daniel Bryan to look at. As this guy's little, he's the smallest guy out there, but he's overcoming everything you put in front of him. I think he's he can be a role model to people who are undersized in physical stature. He could be a role model to people who are, you know, your social status. You know, if you're a nerd in high school and you get picked on, that's somebody you could look at as this is somebody who overcomes everything. So I'm thankful to Daniel Bryan just for the hope and the encouragement that he offered to people who aren't just born at the top. Yeah. Joe, I know you love Daniel Bryan oh, maybe definitely. more than anybody. I love Daniel Bryan. I mean, like I said, I'm a smart guy too, so I felt what he was going through. You know, when people try to pile the world on top of you and they try and tell you you can't, you, you won't, you aren't, and you get beat down by the world, he was just there. He said, you know, I will. And you he can did. say whatever you want, on it, but I'm going to do it. And he, I mean, I was getting teary-eyed. I'm sitting there seeing the pictures of him holding the title, knowing how that feels just to overcome and prove people wrong. It's such a powerful message he sent. It was. Same same thing as you guys. Um, it's real powerful, you know, growing up. There weren't many guys like that his size. Just an average guy, you know, getting, getting himself over. Especially the yes chance, they, it's not just a chant. It shows you can do anything. You know, Daniel Bryan, he started from the it's Indies. It's a mindset. It's a mindset. He started from the Indies, worked his way up, showed you could become a face of the company, showed you could be the most popular name in the company. He just showed that you don't have to have you don't have to be this model to be everything. You don't have to be a model to be the world champion. You don't have to have be a, a model to have a beautiful wife. That that, that that's that's a model and and seems one of the most beautiful women in the world. He showed that you could do anything you set your mind to, and we're gonna miss him. He retired. It, it's ended way too, too, way too soon. Way too soon. And now that he's gone, we're gonna, for the fans. We're, we're not gonna miss him, but there's a lot of things that he left on the table, a lot of matches that we're not gonna see because of his retirement. Yeah, I mean, this retirement was kind of reminiscent of Edge not too long ago, but I mean, at least Edge had a longer run in WWE. Edge had tag team titles, multiple titles. I feel like Daniel Bryan had a fraction of that time, and he made almost... Every time he got to the top, unfortunately, he got 
knocked down yeah. by something out of his control. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last thing, like you said, you, you, you don't have to, the way I'll put it is, he showed that you don't have to settle for what other people are willing to give you. You can go out and get more for yourself yeah. than what somebody's willing to give you. And I'm thankful. Daniel Bryan is probably the reason why I'm here right now. I had stopped watching wrestling for five years. And the Raw episode when John Cena was choosing his opponent for SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. He was in the ring. The rest of the roster was up on the up top of the ramp under the Titan Tron. You don't even see Daniel Bryan. But I owe another dollar. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got one over here. <laughs> he... He decides that he's going to choose Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan has to push his way out through that crowd of larger-than-life perfect WWE superstars, does the S-chant all the way down the ramp, is right in his face, screaming the S-chant. At that moment, I said, I think I'm going to start watching this again. I mean, I stumbled on it. I didn't know what was happening. He pulled you back in. He pulled me back in. And that story leading up to his WrestleMania moment is what really, at that point, I started watching every week again and... Never look back. So we're probably all here right now because Daniel Bryan's career lasted just as long as it did. Mm -hmm. So Daniel Bryan, you will be missed by all three of us, very, by many very, other very people. Much, very much. Um, and I think that's a good night, good note to go out. And he said when he dives through those ropes, he felt like Superman. Mm -hmm. And he said the way we reacted to him doing that made him feel like Superman. And to a lot of people, he was Superman. What are some of your favorite moments? <laughs> what are some of your favorite deep Bry moments? I think the well the the yes chant right in the face of the current champion before SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you didn't like this one as much, but when he turned on the Wyatt family, it did happen a little too mm -hmm. soon. But when he was sitting on top of that steel cage and they had the wide shot of him with the yes chant, and every person, there's not many many things in life where twenty thousand people are completely on the same page. And you saw that entire place in unison with him, behind him, and obviously the confetti raining down in New Orleans with him in the two titles. Uh, those are probably my three, I mean, they're three pretty big moments, but those are the three things that stand out to me. Joe, you have any? Oh, I have a ton. I mean, it's hard to pick out. Is there, enough, is there enough time? I don't know. I mean, how much time do we got? I can keep going. I mean, so many to choose from. I, I mean, I remember watching him back when he first started in NXT and he came up in the Nexus. Mm -hmm. um, he ended up actually getting kicked off the roster for choking someone with a tie when they were, mm -hmm. you know, beating everyone up. I was like, such a silly reason to get kicked off the show because I knew Daniel Bryan, the American Dragon, right. and what he had to bring. And I knew he was a disciple of Triple H, uh, HBK, you know, with his school. So, I, you know, I, I, was, I was very much into Daniel Bryan. Then he comes back. He comes back with a vengeance, you know. Um, he ends up winning the money in the bank. The Occupy Raw, which was, again, bringing that up, that was tremendous. Unbelievable. Moment. And then probably one of the, you know, things like watching all those Daniel Bryan moments from last night, one of the things that was the greatest is when he had to, you know, overcome everything. He had to, he had to beat Triple H. Then he had to beat two of the top stars at the time just to win the title. And he did that all in the... Arguably the best individual all, WrestleMania performance of all time. All, all in one night, and he pretty much wrestled for over an hour that night. Predictable, and, but it was it was perfect. Right. Yeah, predictable isn't always bad. It's not. When you, when you tell the story right. Yeah. Some, well, picking off of that, that's one of my favorite moments, because as a fan, you want to feel for a guy. Remember when we went to take over Brooklyn and Bailey won the NXT women's title? 
you could feel the emotion in that. We didn't and, cry. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> almost. But when Daniel Bryan won those titles, you could feel the emotion in the building. You, your heart felt it. You felt for the guy because you know you felt all the emotion that he felt when he held those titles up. Another thing is when, like you said, the guy with the shovel called him out <laughs> and said, I choose Daniel Bryan. When he occupied the Royal Ring with 8 million people with the yes chant, it was great. And I feel like I should give you a dollar for having the most, the most unique way of describing that guy without saying his name. Thank you. And my, the other thing, my only fond memory of Daniel Bryan is because he buries everybody. His, his work with Kane has aged very well. Oh, it is yeah. amazing to yeah. this day. The stuff with Dr. Shelby. Yes is and no. That was so that was good. so entertaining. So good to this day. Yeah. I, I still watch it and die laughing. I'm the tag team champions. <laughs> you know, I'm the tag team champions. No, I'm the tag team champions. <laughs> oh, his feud with Punk and AJ. Great. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, the last thing, this is more of a silly note, but I don't think I was watching at this time. They showed a spot of him on commentary during a Cesaro, and I don't remember what match, but everything he said was about bears. I don't know if either of you remember this. <laughs> he just kept talking about guys who wrestle bears, and I've wrestled bears, and I won't even use a, a move in the ring if it couldn't be done to a bear. And at one point, whoever Cesaro's opponent was is like trying to pull him down. He's holding onto the rope. He said, "This is unbearable." He kept saying, <laughs> just trying to get the word. I don't know if somebody dared him to say the word bear as many times as he could, but it was hysterical. And I don't think he gets credit for being as funny because I think his story at the end was more of purely an emotional story. Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't get to be funny as much, but he was hilarious. Oh, and he hilarious. was funny. Yeah, he was great. So, yes, I guess I'll say this for one last time. Daniel Bryan, thank you for your contributions. Thank you, D. Much love, thank D.B. Thank you. Thank you for bringing yes. me, thank you for yes. bringing me back to something I love. And actually, you you probably are the main reason why I checked them out, because I remember at a wedding, you yeah. told me, you were like, you would like them. It's a little sauce talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was Raw. We'll get into a little bit of NXT. The biggest story on NXT, obviously, is... Well, there's two big stories. One was the William Regal decision on who really won the triple threat match, which we already knew the outcome. They're going to have a match to decide the number one contender. We also had the non-title match. And also, at one point, Tom Phillips described it as the title-free match, which I've never heard of. <laughs> he sucks so bad. <laughs> He's, he's not great. He sucks. Sounds uh, like some kind of diet. I need, yeah. ri- I need rich Brennan back. Yeah, Apollo Crews and Finn I'm on Finn a title-free diet. Um, I had some thoughts on this match myself. I'm just curious. We saw this match once before. Yeah. What did you think of the Finn Balor-Apollo Crews non-title match? I thought the first match was better. But um, one thing that kept t- um, Apollo Crews strong was Finn Balor did hit the coup de grace, but he had, to, he had to do another move to get him to, to put him out in um. And Corey Graves and, and um, Tom Phillips did a great job saying that the coup de grace wouldn't work. Balor had to make sure he had him. He had it. Beat right. Him. Very rare does an announced team actually tell you that part of the story. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. I don't get why they don't do that. No. Uh, I thought it was a really good match. Um, it started off, you know, with the grappling and each man fighting for positioning. You know, more of an Olympic style kind of wrestling. Each man not wanting to make that mistake. And then it just started building up, and then these guys were flipping around the ring. Like, all of a sudden, Cruz is flying over the ropes, and there goes Finn behind him. And he, I, Cruz moves so, so quickly for a man his size. Cruz is amazing. 
He's one of the best athletes. He's just I've standing backflips out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean his splash, the the height he gets yeah. on his splash in the corner. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I mean, he, what is he? Five eight? I'm not sure. Five nine. He's short. I mean, he's huge. He's a short guy. He's one of the most unbelievable athletes I've ever seen in a wrestling ring. Uh, so I that is one of the things I did enjoy about. It. I liked that they had a faster pace match the first time, and they showed you that they can put on a different type of match. Yeah, they did a slow. And they build. did. They really. One of the things I liked about the Y2J AJ match from Raw a couple weeks ago was it could have gone out. You know, they could have just shot out like a cannon, but they felt each other out. It kind of showed, okay, Finn's got the upper hand, Apollo's got the upper hand, and then they eventually built up to the bigger spots. Um, I did really appreciate that. One, because Apollo Crews is a guy that they're really high on. Yeah. You have to really be careful. You you don't want to bury a guy. You don't want to make a guy look bad. The first match, obviously, he avoided that. If this match you're going to give him a clean victory, how do you make Apollo look good while getting pinned? Without any interference, yeah, any yeah. fluke thing happening. So yeah, Finn Balor has to add a second finishing move to finish the job. So they made... I mean, Finn obviously looks better for having beaten a guy of that caliber. Beats him and also gives him his props, though, too. So it's Right. Not like... And that's one of the great things about NXT, is you can get to the mountaintop and lose, and then eventually you will usually get your time. I mean, Apollo Crews' time will eventually get here. Yeah. Um... I don't know if this could be the last time we see them for a while. I don't know if they're going to have another match. I don't know if Finn is going to be on the main roster before that can happen. Um, or maybe Apollo Crews' time has to wait until mm. Finn Balor is gone. Well, currently, as we speak, Finn Balor is on the injured, injured list. Spring so, his ankle. Yeah. Oh, did you see Bailey do his entrance? I was going to bring so that up good. eventually. That's one of my favorite things I've seen. I love Bailey. I know. So good. She's not Sasha. No. But... She's got a great character. She's fun to watch. She's really good in the ring. She she's growing all the time. And yeah, that I mean that showed you like that her personality has come a long way. Is it just me or does she have no lips? Like she, she smiles and her lips like disappear. She definitely doesn't have a top one or much of one. She I don't know. I have to make a may have to go back to the video and yeah, look. You watch that. Try not try try to unwatch it after but did, you watch it. Did you it. see this video of her doing Finn's entrance yeah. with him in the ring? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I did too. Um, so Finn Balor, Apollo Cruz, their non-title match. Obviously, Finn Balor goes over. I thought there was a shot that Apollo may win. That's why they were keeping it a non-title match. Yeah. But he goes over. The announcement. So one thing I did like about the announcement, and I would assume you like this too, is that William Regal made it abundantly clear. That Baron Corbin was no longer in any way, shape, or form in Thank line God. for number one contendership. Thank God. <laughs> why the? Why in the hell would Baron Corbin be even be in there arguing for? He has one move. He got double tapped <laughs> out. It's one move. Well, that's what he said, I, and I I love that from William Regal. This the one thing I am one hundred percent certain of is you lost. Yeah. <laughs> you got tapped out by two guys, so now these guys have to. Who do we know who wins this already? Because I don't read the spoilers. Is I don't. No, I don't want to know. But is it? Do we know yet? I do. Okay. So yeah, it's out there. Ron, right. I'm telling you this now. I'm telling you now. When you see this NXT Takeover Dallas card, your inhaler will not. Help you. <laughs> My inhaler. I might need a second inhaler. It will. You might need mouth to mouth because you will lose it. <laughs> I, 
when I when I when I watch this show on April first, I may need new pants. <laughs> so I might need to be to make sure I'm in good company when I find yes, out. Yes. <laughs> okay. So it's that good. Yes. I feel like do I'm you, in the middle of something. Do you, <laughs> do you know anything about the the takeover of Dallas car? No. Okay. I, I would like to keep it that way as long as possible. I I, I don't like um, looking into any spoilers or looking ahead. I like taking each show for what it is. Yeah, I, that's kind of what I what I prefer. There's some things I don't mind knowing, but I don't want to know the yeah, whole story. Yeah, that's your curiosity, though. Like, uh, where is this going? <laughs> um, we have Carmella being in her build towards the women's title shot against Bailey. I think it's pretty obvious the way that one's going to turn out. Yep. Do you like Carmella? Yeah, she's improved over time. I, she's I gotten a lot better. She's gotten a lot better because I because I remember when I first started watching NXT, she was a little she's still rough. You know, she got booed. But now um, the, the crowd's taking to her. And I'm, I think she's constantly getting better. I don't, she's not, I don't think she'll be Bailey. She's not even on Bailey's level yet. No. But a few more years in NXT, a few more time, a little more time in NXT, she'll be up there. A little time to polish up a little. Yeah. And her and um, nothing. And doing cast, they've been torn with the main roster. With well, the WWE roster. Yes. I'm not gonna call it the main roster because that's like a demotion. Right. Yeah. But, <laughs> but they they went to a lot of events. They worked. Oh, they moved events. down to the main roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They moved down to the main roster and they worked a lot of events. They worked a lot of events this weekend. Carmelo was there too. Yeah, from what I heard, they got a, a good reaction. Yeah. Which I mean, I assume they would in yeah. every arena they go into. Yeah. So, look out for that. They might be seeing something soon. Yeah. So Car, the the big thing about Carmella is she's got the character. Yeah. I mean, the ring, the in-ring will come. The character is the hardest part to develop. So I think she's, I mean, I don't know how big she's going to be. She's got a lot of competition up there right now. But, yeah, but I think she's got a chance. Not yeah. a quality competition. Yeah. But she has competition. But the thing was, Carmella's, the, she has the seasoning because she's been there longer than a lot of the newer divas, the newer women in NXT. Mm-hmm. So she'll, she, her seniority will get her get her these title shots because they, they still have to build up um, Liv Morgan, Billy Kay, Payne Royce, those women get women get to even get wins in NXT. Um Asuka, another another pretty dominant performance. That was a great that match. That was a great match. It was short, but Santana Garrett. Santana Garrett, Garrett, Santana yeah. Garrett did, right? That was great. That was a good she match. She did a great, yeah. great, great in ring ability. Yeah, yeah she did. Great. No, I was I thought it was gonna be just a straight squash. That's what I felt when it coming out, you know. One of the so one of the things I like I what I don't like is when you kind of always know how a match is gonna go. And I think there are too many performers in WWE now where you kind of know they're going to do this move, they're going to do that move, they're going to do that move. Then this is going to happen, and then the match is over. Asuka has a variety of ways to end the match, and they've let her use... Every way. Yeah, where you don't know in an Asuka match what's going to happen. And that's that's a great way to book a superstar. It is. She was popping out. Arm bars out of nowhere. I was like, where the heck? Yeah, did that all come the submissions. From? She has the uh, the spinning heel kick. Um, yeah, she's got a variety of ways to end a match, and I'm glad that they're letting her explore all of those. Uh, anything else on NXT? Enzo and Cass, another great promo. They got another zero dimes line in there. I enjoyed. <laughs> Enzo saying, you know, he's got nothing but lint in his pocket because he has zero dimes because they always get back up. Uh, they squashed. I don't even know who, who they read. I don't even know if they even announced their names at any point. <laughs> oh, they did I, briefly, but I think they, like, whispered it. They whispered their names. <laughs> they're fighting each so that's, other. That's a good way to not let anybody know who it is. They're, fight, I, they're fighting them. I, I appreciate Cass being hyper-aggressive mm-hmm. and angry right now. 
I don't know if it's going to lead to anything for these guys. When he tossed that guy out of the ring, it looked like it really hurt. Yeah, I, I, I thought <laughs> yeah. he got like eight feet of air out into the ramp. Uh, no American Alpha, I believe, this week. We just got that little video package. No, we got a, we got a great a video. video package. Uh, there, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot that happened on this particular episode of NXT, but we did get you know a non-title match between two of the biggest stars in the company. Mm-hmm. We got to see Enzo and Cass again, which is always a good thing. Asuka in a great performance. And yeah, Samantha Garrett, I don't even remember her before. She, she had a couple matches. I think she... She was fighting for her spot. She's fought a couple times. I think she. I think she might have fought Nia Jax. Okay. I think, but she's been there a few times. You got a small promo from your boys, the, the tag team, the tag champions. Dash me, yeah, Dash and Dawson. You love those guys. That was one of their better promos. Yeah. Well, maybe they're getting better. They're still. No. Co- they're still coming at Cass and Enzo. So they went. They went. He, they went from a one to the two. <laughs> okay. So slight improvement. Slight improvement. Incremental. Yeah. Um, so as far as NXT, they're in a, obviously in a good spot. They're building towards their biggest show ever. Ron, I'm telling you, Ron. Well, I look forward to seeing it. I'm, I will make sure I'm in good company who will save my life when it comes down to it. Yeah, make sure you have the hospital ready on your phone. <laughs> Before we get out of here, we do have one listener question. Can I guess who it's from? Go ahead. Is it from our number one fan, yes, it Ronald is. Lloyd? Yes, it is. <laughs> what, is what is Ronald asking us today? All right. He said, hey, guys, what do you think are the best possible new roles for Daniel Bryan in his future with WWE? I wish he could have. I wish we could have seen him wrestle one last match. With that in mind, which retired wrestler would you want to see wrestle one last match? Hmm, it's a great question, Ronald. First, I think the easiest answer for what role Daniel Bryan should have going forward, I think he should spend some time at the Performance Center, helping some of these young guys, you know, develop their characters. Because obviously, I, th- I believe that was his weak point, was having a character. He was a great wrestler. And then he worked on being mm-hmm. a character. I think he's got a lot to add there. I think he can obviously help guys in the ring. Uh, he can sell. I think he's got a lot of knowledge to pass down to these kids. I thought he was a great judge on Tough Enough. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty easy role. You might want to get him in on commentary once in a while. Just come back out in the ring every now and again. Yeah. Like they would do with an HBK or a Stone Cold. So it was which retired wrestler would I like to see wrestle one more match? Yep. That is really tough. I mean, because my instinct is to say HBK, but we've seen so much. I feel like we got a second career out of HBK yeah. that nobody ever expected. Yeah, pushing the envelope. Right. I mean, he, we thought he was done, then he came back and had five, six great years after that. Maybe even better than his first one. Not, not only to mention, I mean, you see him with those ma- matches with Undertaker, you know, those career-ending matches. I, I don't know how you're going to outperform that. There, There is nothing you could do. I'm going to say Scott Hall. Oh, that's, that's a good one. Because I feel like he had some issues when he got to WCW, and I feel like we did not get as much of Scott Hall as I would have liked to have seen. Yeah, because his last match against Stone Cold at um, WrestleMania 18, but it wasn't his last match, it was one of them. It wasn't that good. No, we did not. Yeah, I, I would like to see Scott Hall wrestle one more match if I had one guy I could watch come out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'd want to see him in his prime. Oh, so, Joe, you have anybody that's not mainstream, not, not real mainstream that you want to see? Well, I mean, I don't know if you consider this not real mainstream. I mean, first, I want my first instinct is to jump all over and say Stone Cold, but that's not where I'm going. Um, the guy I have in mind, Kurt Angle. It's true. <laughs> it's damn true. It's it's guy, I would love to see him well, come back. from TNA. We'll call yeah. it that. Just TNA. Yeah. He's not in current wrestling, and you know, um, I'd like to see him have one more small run on WWE, possibly retire on WWE's time. You know. Yeah. Um. 
Hmm. Of course, we all want to see Sean. Well, what? What about Daniel Bryan? I think he'll be a trainer, a trainer for um, in the, at the performance center. Also, he probably could do a lot of ambassador. A lot, a lot of what Shawn Michaels did when um the first time he went out. Right. Because Daniel Bryan, he, like you said, he was on Tough Enough, and he he does all the charities and Make a Wish and stuff like that. So I think that's that's where you'll see him. We'll see a lot of him. I'm sure he'll have something on the network probably. And um, as far as somebody I want to see wrestle one last match that's retired, um, I'm going Owen Hart. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah, Another guy. I mean, obviously career cut yeah, short. Yeah, it, it's 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 hard to pick, it's hard to because so many great competitors that's in the Hall of Fame. But if I had to pick one, because like I say I love HBK. I've seen a lot of them. Stone Cold. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of them. A guy that we didn't really we saw a lot of Owen Hart, but it's been so long. And it's it been wasn't so long. And it wasn't to the level as a Stone Cold. But I'm gonna go Owen Hart. That's a great. I mean, he was a great in ring performer. Yeah. He. Was a great character as well. He could have a good match with anybody, mm-hmm. and that's. I thought I was going pretty obscure, not obscure, but I thought I had a great call with Scott Hall. I think he beat me with Owen Hart. Scott Hall. So I, got, I got to tip my cap to you oh, for that. Thank one. you. Now, now um, speaking of retired wrestlers uh, that people want to see, I, I don't want to see this guy, but I'm hearing whispers of possibly seeing Goldberg in a, in a ring. God event. no. What are your feelings on this? I. So, I actually was discussing this with a friend earlier. Growing up, I was a WWE kid. Well, WWF kid. I saw WCW shows, and I was like, ah, it's you too dark. You better watch them like a fine, you see WWF. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the fine. I'll pay. I put probably $40 in that jar, so I don't have anything left in my pockets for the them world, to take The World me. Wildlife Fund has deep pockets. <laughs> deep pockets, my friend. They, well, they do, obviously. Clearly, if they got Vince McMahon to change the name of his company... So, all right, maybe I don't want to, all right, World Wildlife Fund, I apologize. (laughs) I was a WWE kid growing up. Me too, Um, through and through. Was anti-WCW, I just thought it was dark. They didn't have, like, they didn't have the characters I liked. Um, So, when we got to the Attitude Era, I obviously was still a WWE kid at heart. Uh, I hated WCW, so I hated Goldberg. I will give him credit for the guy became huge. He was borderline must-see TV. The only reason I don't say must-see TV is because I didn't feel the need to tune in to watch him. <laughs> no. But he, he became a monstrous figure in pro wrestling slash sports entertainment. But I have no desire to see that guy do anything again. And I feel like he hated the business anyway. He always seems miserable when he talks about it. Yeah. So. yeah, well. He'll make them some money, but I have no desire to see the guy. I don't think Goldberg would make him that much money. I don't. No. Me as a kid. Be a gimmick. Yeah. Me as a kid, you know, when you scroll through channels, I love. I fell in love with wrestling with WWE. So that's the first. So when I'm scrolling through channels, that came on first for me. So when I turn to something else, now I don't want to watch this. Mm-hmm. You know. So I grew up on the Stone Cold Rock, DX stuff like that. So when I see Goldberg, I'm like, eh, mm. I, I don't, I don't like WCW. It's not this. I, I prefer this better. Their stage looks better. Those, their belts look better. Those wrestlers look better. As far as Goldberg. Wasn't really a fan, and then when I grew up, I started to learn about the in ring, about in ring work. And oh yeah! And I slowly was like, okay, this guy was not was not it. Well, not up to snuff. But I mean, but but in, in in terms of booking, he was one of the only few things WCW did right. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. This guy Goldberg was no more better than what Ryback is right now, as far as you know, in ring ability, Mike's Mike skills. But somehow he rose to like meteoric levels. Yeah, but you can't knock how he moved the needle for WCW and helped them in the money. I can't knock what he did. What he did. I was just I don't know how a guy like that 
Yeah, and the, that, you yeah, know? but him in the Monday Night Wars, he was big then. But I don't have any desire to see him again. I just hear these whispers he might be making a return, which I don't, I don't know for what reason. Yeah, don't uh, don't do it. If if you're no, thinking no. about doing it, don't <laughs> don't do it. I, I think he he got over because he kind of looked like he was like this stone cold. Yeah, world. he was a WCW stone Only cold. Only he was huge and, they, and, and they, he was, it, he's unbeatable for so yeah, long. Yeah, they booked them, they booked them perfect. That's the one thing. That's the one. That's the one star they created. Then they then they ruined it. Yeah, Kevin by, Nash. by bringing in who? Who they bring in to start booking? <laughs> no, we're talking about Goldberg. Oh no, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to tee you up for something. Oh. Who, who eventually came to WCW? Who ruined the storylines? Hogan. <laughs> Vince Russo. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, duh. That was an alley-oop. Oh. <laughs> Bro. <laughs> that, that's what I was trying to That was to an alley-oop. That was we, an alley-oop, and you just mozgob that. We were dead in the water. <laughs> he knocked it out of the park, bro. That that Hulk Hogan, bro, I don't want to see him again. You will never see Hulk Hogan again, bro. <laughs> I think we could leave you with Aaron's. Imp- I, I want to get Aaron to do a Vince Russo impression on every show he's on. So I'm glad we got we got it in a buzzer beater tonight uh, for Aaron Lloyd, for Joe Rodermill. Once again, farewell, Daniel Bryan. Ooh, Thank you for your contributions. Thank you for listening to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. Uh, like us on Facebook. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us on iTunes and Podbean. And we look forward to coming to you again next week. Thank you from the bottom of my freaking heart, bro. <laughs> Booyah! <laughs>